Hey, Unnaturalists, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome to yet another unnatural fucking somersode. Yes. I can't think of anything better. There isn't anything better. This th- this is the apex of what we're going to get for a name. Ah, yeah, whatever. I feel like our audience agrees with me on this. We'll have to do a poll. Yeah, we should. Today, Andy, we are once again hopping over the big pond and traveling back in time to 1867. Whoa. Yeah, today we are going to be talking about a case that inspired kind of an old popular euphemism. Andy, have you ever heard the saying, sweet Fanny Adams? I can't say that I have. Well, I haven't either. It's 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 an English saying, so our mm-hmm. across the pond listeners probably have heard this. Mm-hmm. And it was coined from the story we're going to talk about today, but it is like it's kind of a substitute for saying sweet fuck all. Oh. Okay. I I wouldn't have guessed that. Apparently the um royal Navy at the time kind of coined it. Mm-hmm. And the story behind it begins April 30th, 1859, when a little girl named Fanny Adams was born. She was born in Alton, Hampshire, England. lived in Tanhouse Lane on the northern side of Alton. It was just kind of like a little kind of market neighborhood in Hampshire, England. Fanny had five siblings. Her parents kind of grew up in the area. Um, Her dad's name was George and her mom's name was Anne. And according to one source I read, it is believed that her grandparents also lived next door. So definitely like a tight-knit little family community they had going on. I think that happened a lot back then. Yeah. And, you know, finding information from the mid to late 1800s isn't super um, easy. Right. If you will. Mm -hmm. But um, I did find that Fanny was described as being a, quote, tall, comely, and intelligent girl. I don't know where she was age-wise with her siblings, but it was said that she um, kind of looked and acted older than she was, and she was always, like, super happy and cheerful. And her best friend's name was Minnie Warner, who was the same age as her and lived next door. Which I always think is super cute. Like, how fun is it for kids to have their best friend growing up 
next door. Yeah. I had two really good friends that grew up kind of next door to me. I lived out in the country, yeah. but they were like, I don't know, like a quarter mile away from me. And we would mm-hmm. hang out all summer together. Yeah, I grew up in the country, too, and uh, one of my very good friends growing up, like, lived, like, literally down the road. Yeah. And we would ride our horses together, and we would ride our bikes, and it was super fun. hmm Anyway, so the town that she grew up in was known for having a lot of breweries, and they had, like, a really large supply of hops, which, like, hop growing or whatever farming i don't know what the proper term is i think that's what her dad did for a living Hmm. you probably got a lot of free beer yeah probably now during this time the area which they lived was not known for having a lot of crime i mean there's a lot of like petty crimes but nothing super serious or worrisome really until August 24th, 1867. Apparently, this was a very bright, hot, sunny day. And Fanny, along with one of her sisters and Minnie, asked if they could go um, out to a nearby flood meadow. And their mom said that it was fine. She was just planning on staying home to get some housework done and so fanny and her sister minnie and perhaps a couple other children went down to the flood meadow to play which apparently this was like a popular place for kids to just go run around and play and do the things kids did in the 19th century head on down to the watering hole head on down to the watering hole so as the girls were walking down the street, they walked into one of the hop gardens, and it was there they met 29-year-old Frederick Baker, who at the time was working as a solicitor's clerk. I hate him. Same. Now, according to the sources that I read, he was said on this day, he was said to have been wearing a frock coat, light-colored trousers, and a tall hat. Oh, like an Abe Lincoln hat? Yeah, so very of the time. And he had recently moved to the area um, about a year prior. And he was working, as I said, he was a a solicitor's clerk. And the solicitor's name was Mr. Clements. And he also had his office in Alton, which was right across the street from the Swan Hotel. There was also a um, pub right nearby, which Frederick was said to frequently be seen at. So Frederick gave Minnie, Lizzie, and Fanny some money to go buy like candy or sweets with, which unsure why, maybe that's just kind of how things were done. Maybe it was a little bit of grooming. Seems a little sus. A little sus. Yeah, but the girls did apparently know him kind of because they all went to the same church. So they were just kind of like, cool. Thanks, Mr. Baker. Right. And then they just kind of scurried off. Mm -hmm. 
Frederick also apparently told the girls about a blackberry patch kind of nearby where they were going to go play. And um, he went with them, maybe, and he had picked some of the, the blackberries and they were eating them. But then, like an hour later, Lizzie and Minnie decided that they wanted to go home. And so they left. But it was at that point that Frederick walked up to Fanny and was like, hey, why don't you come with me to Sheldon? And Fanny was like, "Mm, no, thank you. I'm going to go home with my sister and my friend. Unfortunately, it was at this point in time that he had grabbed her and carried her into the nearby um, hop garden that he was working in. Oh, no. So Lizzie and Minnie, I think, maybe heard or saw this go on because they immediately ran back home and told um, Martha Warner, um, who was Minnie's mom, and she pretty much ignored their story. What? Oh, my God. And... I don't know if they knew what had happened. Like, I don't know if they knew that the seriousness had. Yeah, I think maybe they might have just said Fanny stayed back with um, Mr. Baker, Mr. Baker or what happened. But I mean, they're all young, too. So you don't really think that whatever's going to happen is what's happening. So the girls just kind of kept on playing. Everybody has no idea what has occurred until about five o'clock that evening. They went back home for dinner. And then Mrs. Gardner, who also lived on the street, noticed that Fanny was missing or like not around. And she was like, where is she? And the girls told her, this is what what's, what's happened. Mr. Baker took Fanny away. And then this Mrs. Gardner went and told Fanny's, uh, Fanny and Lizzie's mom. And they right away went off to go search for her. Yeah. So they did find Frederick not long later, just kind of like, Right down the road, he was near a gate that was separating the hop garden from the flood meadow. Now, according to the Hampshire Chronicle, which was the name of the newspaper at the time, Mrs. Gardner asked Frederick, just kind of point blank, what did you do with Fanny? And he was like, 
nothing. I gave all of the girls money to go buy some candy or sweets and haven't seen them since. And then Mrs. Gardner is like, mm, no, 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 no. We're going to get the police involved. So try again. And Frederick was kind of like, go ahead. I think he was, um, you know, trying to call her bluff. Right. Basically. And being that he at the time was the solicitor's clerk, he kind of had a good reputation in town. People weren't too suspicious or they weren't really sold on the idea of him taking her. Yeah. Yeah. So then both women ended up going back home and I think they were hoping, maybe even believing that Fanny was still out playing. And that she'd be back before dark or something like that. Yeah. So like I said, the, um, the two girls had gone home for dinner at like five o'clock, but then around eight o'clock, Fanny had still not come home. So her mom went out, got a group of the neighbors to go out searching for her. So it's getting dark. There's no flashlights at this point in time. Yeah, just lanterns. Yeah, so you have lanterns. You can't really see too well. While they were searching kind of around the area where the girls had said they were playing and where he had allegedly taken Fanny, a guy named Thomas Gates found Fanny's head stuck on two hop poles while he was tending to the crops. Oh, my God. Yeah. He cut her head off? Yeah. It gets worse. Oh, my God. Because Fanny's, one of her ears had also been severed, and she had two large cuts from her mouth, like across her temple to her ear and upon further investigation they found the rest of her remains um her head her arms and her legs were all separated and dismembered from her torso what a monster and she's eight yeah eight years old yeah she also had three incisions on the left side of her chest a deep cut on her left arm, which um, kind of like all the way up her forearm. So like up to her elbow joint. So it was it was almost like he was dissecting her. Yeah, because um, her left foot was also cut off at the ankle. Her right leg had kind of more more been torn away than cut away like her left leg like at the hip and um her organs were removed for her sake i hope she died like that really instantly i mean what a what a horrible horrible act yeah to commit on such a small little girl. I mean, on anybody, it's terrible, but Jesus. Yeah, but a little, like a little 
baby and he removed her organs. Um, they did find five incisions were made on her liver. Her heart had been cut out and her vagina was missing. Her oh. eyes were cut out and they were found in a nearby river. So he literally, this fucking monster, cut her up. Not only did he cut her up, like, so diligently. Cut her out. But yeah. he removed all of this stuff and then just kind of, like, spread it out. Like, it all, like, all oh. of her body parts and stuff. They were, like, relatively in the same area, but yeah, not really, you know? This sounds like something... This sick guy had probably been thinking about for a long time. Maybe not necessarily with her, yeah. but something he had always wanted to do. Some weird fetish he had. Yeah. And I mean, just with how meticulous he seemed to be, as I was researching this, I was wondering if this was the first, the first time. Yeah. He was he... You might have already said this. Was he from the area or did he move there recently or do we know? Um, he was from England, but he I don't I don't know English geography very well. Um, yeah. but prior to this happening, he had moved to this specific area about a year prior. Okay. So maybe where he was before something like this could have happened. Yeah. Um, I am not I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Now, obviously, Fanny's mother, her sisters, her best friend are just overcome with grief. And her mom finds, goes to find her husband, who was playing cricket at the time. Mm. So she kind of like sent a messenger. And when George was alerted to what had happened, he got home went straight inside, loaded up his shotgun, and, like, left with the intent As of... most fathers would do. Yeah, I think, like, any parent. But the yeah. neighbors stopped him from doing anything rash. They, you know, all kind of gathered around the family and sat with them for the night. And then the next day... Hundreds of people apparently came out to help search for and collect the rest of Fanny's remains. Can you imagine just being one of the volunteers trying to help out with that, knowing that you're probably going to see some pretty gruesome shit? Yeah. Yeah. Had to be tough all the way around. Agreed. And for the parents to know not only that their daughter had been murdered, but how she been had been murdered. Right. So the police obviously were also out there. They were trying to find a murder weapon. Um, they were under the impression that multiple small knives had been used. Hmm. But they never found them and it Considering the time and crime scene investigation it was not what it is today, it is, you know, likely that evidence had gotten lost or compromised by just the sheer amount of people walking around. 
they found, they were able to find all of Fanny's clothing, which had been cut and scattered around the field. Um, everything except the hat that she was wearing that day. And most of her body parts were found that day, but one of her arms, a foot, and her intestines weren't found until the next morning. And her one foot still had a shoe on, and in her one hand was the money that he, that um, Frederick had given to her. And her like chest plate, her breastbone was never found. Wow. Yeah. So all of her remains were taken to like the local doctor's office and um, like a post, uh, like an autopsy was done. And the surgeon was able to kind of more or less sew her back together Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what that was like for that surgeon. Just, yeah. Yeah. I bet they had never dealt with anything like that before. I would hope not. And then from there, a stone had been recovered, which still had flesh and hair sticking to it and was handed over to the police's evidence. And that's what they think may have been the actual murder weapon. They think that she was knocked over the head with the stone, and then once she was dead is when he started cutting her up. So I guess at least she did probably die pretty quickly. Yeah, I hope so. So he was met down in the fields, and there were people that had said Frederick was the one who was last seen with Fanny prior to her disappearance. And William also kind of retraced his steps through town. He went to Frederick's workplace. And when he got there at about 9 p.m., Frederick was still there. He was working, which was an hour later than what he would normally be there. So he was working late. And um, William... Yeah, he had to make up for the time he lost killing that girl. Well, I think it was a Sunday. Oh. I could be wrong. Police officer finds him still at work, and Frederick is like, I didn't do it. Prove it. I may be the only suspect, but I didn't do it. And then Cheney was like, "Mm, no, we're going to arrest you on suspicion of murder. And by this time, kind of like a protest had gathered outside his work. Almost like a mob. Yeah, like a mob. That's the word I was looking for. And the police were like, oh, shit. So they had to sneak him out the back door because they were afraid that if they like brought him out the front, everybody would would get him. Yeah. I'm imagining like pitchforks and. Yes. You know, um, torches, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So when they get to string him up to the noose, Johnny, lynch him. Let's get a lynching done. Actually, they probably had British accents. Duh, (laughs) not a Southern accent. (laughs) Or maybe (laughs) there was one Southern guy there, and that's what he. There may have been. So they get him down to the police station, and wouldn't you know it? 
Mr. Freddy Frederick Baker in his possession had two small knives. What an idiot. He didn't even get rid of them. Well, they were clean. Still. But they did say that they saw what they assumed were spots of blood on the wristbands of his shirt. And um, his pants had also been soaked to to conceal blood stains. Well, and I imagine they didn't have DNA evidence or anything way back then. But the knives themselves, the knives themselves probably had considerable wear marks on them from, you know, carving through that much bone. But also it's the night it's the 1800s. So wouldn't you expect that anyway? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just trying to put myself in, you know, the investigators at the time shoes. Yeah. So the police are obviously questioning him about how he looks. And this fucking guy says, quote, well, I don't see a scratch or cut on my hand to account for the blood. What? Why would you say that? Yeah. What a weird fucking thing to say. Super incriminating. He was described during the interrogation as being, like, super calm, laid back, cool, collected. Stoic. Mm-hmm. And um, sometime after he was arrested, William went back to Frederick's office and was looking through his desk, and he discovered a diary. And there was an... Oh, here we go. There was an entry made Saturday... August 24th, 1867, which said, quote, killed a young girl. It was fine and hot, end quote. No, he didn't. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Yeah, so the local newspaper at the time also reported that the hop garden had been um, cleared by the 21st of September, but they couldn't find... Anything really solid, I guess, t- to be connected with the murder. But it also said that Frederick was just aloof the whole time. He didn't act insane. He didn't act remorseful. Just kind of indifferent. Yeah, well, he said that apparently Frederick said that he was intoxicated after seeing the children, which I don't. Well, that's not a good way to say you're innocent. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure. So he was transferred to Winchester Prison in October of that year. So. While the investigation is going on, a little boy around this time who lived um, kind of close by came forward as an eyewitness. Now, he said that he saw Frederick come out of the hop garden around two o'clock that afternoon, um, the day that Fanny was murdered. And this little boy said that his hands and clothes were covered in blood. And Frederick apparently went down to the river and, uh, like, washed his hands off, like, cleaned himself up with a handkerchief. And the little boy said that he saw him put a small knife and something else into his jacket pocket. There you go. Bingo. Yeah. So the police 
were searching that whole area for almost three weeks, but no other weapons or anything were found. And they did do some forensic testing, which was the only thing that was available at the time. So um, our good buddy, Officer William, took the knives that Frederick had on him at the time and sent it to, um, I don't know if you want to say a lab, I think it was a hospital in London. So they kind of got the most detailed tests back for the time that they could. And apparently back then they were able to tell that the blood, that it was blood and it was that of a human. Hmm. So um, this goes to trial and they, um, the doctor at the hospital, which um, tested the clothes and the knives said that um, there was not a whole lot of blood found and there wasn't many signs of rust. So he would have anticipated that if these were the murder weapons, they would have found more evidence of blood and there would have been more rust. But he did say that even an inexperienced person armed with a proper weapon could dismember a body in about half an hour, which is kind of Scary to think about. Yeah. God. But they did say that Frederick's clothes did have traces of diluted blood and um, like on her shirt and his coat and his pants. But the wristbands of his shirt had been folded back and the stains there weren't as diluted. Um, they did say that there was no sign of sexual assault on the body, which I did read that her vagina had been cut off. So I don't exactly know how they were able to tell that. But I mean, to me, having your vagina cut out is kind of sexual assault. <laughs> you know, I would say that two but um kind of going back uh, another doctor did say that he thought that fanny's cause of death was probably by the blow to the head but um this doctor did suspect that a larger instrument or knife had been used to cut the body and dismember it which they figured had to have been done in about an hour They figured that because of the eyewitness and they apparently could tell that her body was still warm when she had been dismembered. And also the fact that her body was cut up into so many pieces led them to believe that he had plenty of opportunity to choose how he wanted things positioned or where to dispose of certain things, certainly the um, weapons that he used. What what strikes me is if that one girl's mom, what did you say, Winnie? Mm-hmm. If Winnie's mom would have acted accordingly, I don't know if Fanny would have been saved, but they probably would have caught him in the act. Yeah. Cutting her up. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's kind of weird to think how one choice can make or break a case. I mean, yeah. So 
while all this is going on over in Winchester prison, Frederick said that, or Frederick was said to be really talkative with the wardens and the um, prison chaplain, and he maintained that his conscience conscience was clear, and um, he wondered who the guilty party was. He wondered who had done it, and he was hoping that you the done culprit it. would be fa- right. You fucking done it. Yeah. So apparently, one of the chaplains or the wardens said um, that he ate and slept well, which was interesting because it was said that at Alton's prison, he reportedly had trouble sleeping and he physically like shuddered at the sight of meat. Hmm. Sounds like an act. Yeah. So anyway, the trial took place at Winchester in December, and the defense said that Minnie's um, witness statement identifying Frederick was um, incorrect, and the knives he had were too small to have been used for the crime. They also tried to argue insanity, They said that Frederick's dad had been violent. He had family that were committed to um, an asylum. His sister died of brain fever. Well, yeah, but you can't have it all at once. I mean, either he's insane or he didn't do it. Right. Well, and uh, Frederick himself had also apparently attempted suicide after um, an affair. And his um, diary entries were brought up in, in, in a way to try and make it seem like he was just crazy. Didn't, uh, didn't really work out too hot for him because um, the jury did find him guilty after deliberating for just 15 minutes. Mm. And 14 on, minutes too long. Huh? I said 14 minutes too long, if you ask me. Well, um, this is kind of a little fuck you. Um, On Christmas Eve, December 24th, he Mm -hmm. was hung outside of Winchester Prison. That is a little fuck you. That's Emily's fuck you tidbit of the day. Yes. Apparently, there was about 500 people who watched the execution. But this was also the last public execution that was held at that prison, which I thought Mm. was kind of interesting. Went out with a bang. Or a snap, I should say. Yeah. Um, And then, okay, so you know Backfest. Do you know about death masks? What do you mean, death masks? Like a, like a, they. Oh, the mask they put over you so you don't, like, see what's happening when they hang you, or. Yeah. Yeah. So his desk, his death mask, um, apparently was an exhibit in the Chamber of Horrors at Madame Tussaud's famous Waxworlds. In wow. London. Jeez. Which was interesting. Yeah. Fanny kind of went to live on in infamy um, because, well, 
not like the saying sweet fanny may is a great one because or sorry sweet fanny adams isn't necessarily a great thing um, because it kind of became slang or fanny adams became slang for mediocre mutton stew Mm. and then it kind of morphed into sweet fanny adams and then it kind of morphed into sweet fuck all God, it's weird how that happens. Yeah. Um, but her gravestone is still um, like kept up to this day. People still leave um, little stuffed animals and flowers on her grave. And her headstone reads, quote, Sacred to the memory of Fanny Adams, aged eight years and four months, who was cruelly murdered on Saturday, August 24th, 1867. Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, that's the story of Fanny Adams. Nice upbeat story here for the summer sods. I like it. Yes. Very no, happy. that's that was very interesting. I had never heard that before. I know, and I had um I had honestly learned about it from a TikTok. And it was a video that was like um it was like British slang with strange origin stories. Mm-hmm. And this was one of them, which I would agree, a very strange origin story. And obviously it piqued my interest because it was the only one that was true crime related. And then when I Googled it, I honestly wasn't expecting the story to be as horrific as it was. Yeah. So the whole time you were reading about it, you're just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just like we all just were. Yeah. Whew. Well, thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. And if folks want to share anything with us over on our social media, how do they find us? They can find us on Twitter, Unnatural the Pod, Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast. We also have a Facebook page, Unnatural, a true crime podcast. You can send us an email to unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon page set up. That is patreon.com slash unnatural the pod. And as always, be sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and share us with your friends. I would say we'll talk to you next week, but we won't because no. we're still on our little summer hiatus. Couple but more weeks, two or three more weeks, we'll be back with another. Yeah, one. we will be back with a fun, exciting, spooky, gruesome news story for you guys. But. As you know, in the meantime, make good choices. And don't get got. Bye. In the meantime, I got a pickup line for you. You ready? Yeah. Girl, are you a true crime podcast? Because I can't wait to half listen to you and then act like I got you all figured out. That's awful.
hold on. I'm sorry. My contact just... <laughs> like, I can't... I can't see. Ah. Ugh. Ah. Ugh. Okay. 